welcome to the Odds Checker Grand National Meeting Preview. This is Grand National Day at Aintree and I'm very happy to be joined by Odds Checker's jockey ambassador Nick Schofield, Odds Checker's tipster Andy Holding and racing journalist and broadcaster Tony Calvin. We've already recorded Thursday and Friday so please do listen or watch them on YouTube or on your podcast apps and we are going to go through the card here on Saturday of course with the Grand National being the, the final horse, uh, final race we'll go through because the conditional race at the end is not priced up. So, starting with the handicap hurdle um, over an extended three miles. Side of Burley, the 5-1 to one favourite. Dallas de Picton, 6-1. Uh, Mears Storm, 12-1. to one. Defi Bleu, 12-1. to 14-1. to one. Bar. Worth pointing out here, we are recording this on Tuesday, just after lunch. I mean, after most people's lunch, we still haven't eaten lunch yet, which is no. a bit of a blow. So very hungry here. We're not but, uh, <laughs> but you're a jockey, you're fine. But, uh, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not eating till first, <laughs> So, so <laughs> if uh, there are a few horses in here that we don't know where they're going to be running, a few with double entries and triple entries and the like. So, um, but Andy, come to you first here. Um, how, are you, how are you seeing it? Well, it'll be interesting to see connections with Officer de Burley go down this route. Um, or whether they perhaps will dip their toe in Grady Company at Pontystown. certainly think he's, he's worthy of uh, respecting it in a graded race, given the time figure that he ran in the per temps. It was quite an astonishing run in the per temps. I mean, Barry Goethe basically rode, rode that horse as if his life depended on it. Um, clearly it was plotted up. You know, I talked about it beforehand, you know, the day when he, when he ran at uh, Leopardstown, he'd run a quicker time than uh, the mayor, uh, Apples Jade. Sneaked into sixth. You know, he was one of the gambles of the festival, 20s into 5-1 to one or whatever he was, 4-1 to one on the day. But at the top of the hill, you know, he was being scrubbed along, he yeah. couldn't hold his position, he, was, he, was, was he got no room, it was a messy race, and Barry's literally bulked and bullocked his way through and still got the horse to, to, to pick up. And, and then from being on the inside, he, he realised that, oh my God, I want to be over there, and he's had to move across to try and get to the ones on the inside. It was an unbelievable effort, he put so much effort into that, that ride. That ride of the festival Oh, it was you? unbelievable, yeah. It was yeah. just... Like I say, it was a cold-blooded, lights-out, life-depending on it ride. That, that was just... Don't come back if you get beat. Yeah, <laughs> don't come back if you get beat. He just literally yeah. threw everything at it. Um, so whether he's that he'll, he'll have that still in his legs, I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that this would be his bag running a handicap off top weight here. I think they should wait and, and run him in the what could be fairly easier pickings over in Ireland. Where's yeah. the three milers? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not. Fahim probably won't go there. Having run at Aintree, Paisley Park, we know might not be there. It could be a very soft race that Grade One in, in Punchestown, and he'd be a big player in that with another few weeks off. Um, so if he doesn't run, and we're thinking that Dallas the Picton might not run it in this either, then it could be like a work a day handicappers race. And I thought Poker Play was very impressive the day on bad ground. Utoxida, that was. Away from the festival, that was an incredibly strongly contested handicap um, at the Midland track, considering we'd had all the competitive races at Cheltenham. It brought together a good field. A lot of horses were fancied. Um, bold plan, that looked in, it would finish second, looked like he got in there lightly. AC Milan was well back, the good novice, and I put up Hill 16, who um, ran really well in finishing fourth, so it's got a bit of depth to it, and he literally toyed with them. Yeah. Uh, but the key to him apparently is really bad ground, like proper. It, it can't get any, can't get any worse for him. So he would need a, a, a proper uh, soft ground race. And the other one's Burroughs Park, who caught my eye in the in the um, the boys race when he finished ninth behind Dallas Picton and um, early doors. Um, and he went to Kelsey the other day and absolutely dotted up 
Um, I, I think he'll go well on soft ground. So, and he's already been booked, jocked to, to ride um, Charlie Deutsch. So Boroughs Park. Boroughs Park, Park Play. Park Play, 14 to 1. Uh, that's with um, Coral, Bet365, Bet Victor and a few other firms. Boroughs Park, 16 to 1. And that is pretty much across the board. Um, Tony? Uh, two at 20 to 1. Caught my eye on this. Um, Keeper Hill. Um, I thought he ran as well as you could be expected behind Paisley Park. Back to Handicap Company, just £5 higher than beating Orlando Bloom at Warwick um, early in the season. Uh, I think that, that form's worked out pretty well. So I think he's, he's well handicapped. He will want the ground. To, he has one on soft ground, but he will, probably wouldn't want the, uh, want the ground to dry out a bit, which is, is forecast to do. So I thought Keeper Hill back to Handicap Company at 20s is, is a fair bet. And the other one... Again, there's, I don't think there's as much in hand of the handicapper, but I think he's very solid. Uh, that's clock. The clock is ticking. Um, good six at Cheltenham. He's got some course form as well. Um, he's jocked up, so he looks like he's going to run at this point. Uh, those were the two uh, at the prices at the moment. But it's a kind of race where, again, you probably want to wait until you, you know, what the ground is, what the pace is, what the opposition is. And put down the place terms as well, you're guessing, on the day. Yeah, so apart, apart from everything you need to know before you back the <laughs> yeah. Those ones to keep an eye on now, I guess, yeah. 20 to 1 at the moment. Um, Nick, have you, have you, yeah. have I'm, you here? I'm, I'm down to ride a horse called, called Cody. Comes second at Sandown at 100 grand, handicap behind Lord Napier, um, early part of the scene. To be honest, he's a 33 to 1 shot if it's good ground. If it comes in soft ground it, it would be a good each way chance love soft ground softer but it couldn't be soft enough so if it suddenly deluged with rain he'd have a massive chance but if it didn't then he wouldn't have no chance I mean, you might say he's a 33 to 1 shot he's a 50 to 1 shot at the moment so one mm. to definitely flag up if the rain comes and it doesn't dry out over those first couple of days then Nick aboard uh, Cool Cody is one to keep an eye on mm. um, the Mersey novices hurdle now over two and a half miles is next up and we've already spoken about a few of these horses already because we spoke about the, uh, the longer novice hurdle on the Friday. But we'll go through the market here. Uh, now we've got uh, Champ is 5-1, to one, Bruin Upper Storm is 6-1. to one, And there's been a lot of money for Bruin Upper Storm in the last uh, 24 hours or so. As short as 7-2 to two in places. So you've got to think that the chances are that Ollie Murphy is going to send Bruin Upper Storm here. Angel's Breath, of course, who a lot was said about before the Supreme, clipped heels at the top of the hill at Cheltenham and never really came back into the race. 13-2, to uh, Emma Tom 13-2, Fakir Duderis, who seems to be entered in, in about four or five different races here, so we don't know where he's going to run, 10-1. to one. Um, Interesting top end of the market here, Andy. Yeah, definitely. Um, lots of ifs and buts and uh, mm. connections have got doubly entered horses. Obviously, Champ is the, the, the key to this race, isn't he? He represents the best form line, second in the Ballymore. For me, he didn't quite get home up the hill. That was always the problem with him, and he couldn't uh, finally... Uh, outdo that hoodoo which hangs over the cello hurdle form which looked yeah. solid enough but it's amazing isn't it it just never works no. whoever wins that never comes on and, and does the double so he got flawed I think he's better off coming here because I don't, I don't see him as a three miler even though on a flat track but two and a half mile on a flat track because he just travel well um, he's got to be given a, a huge amount of credit and respect but obviously Fako Duda is under the same ownership um, he looks as though we talked about him in the earlier race he looks as though he's crying out for two and a half miles this would seem the obvious option wouldn't it um, taking on the older horses again having run well in, in the um, in the two, two mile race at Charlton staying on very eye catchingly up the running what's to say he, he won't do the same again here against um, a kind of similar kind, kind of animal and uh, obviously Ollie, Ollie Murphy does, it, does he run 
brewing up a storm here and take on Champ again, or does he go drop down to two miles? Um, that's a diff- difficult conundrum. I presume Emin Tom will run in the three-mile race and, yeah. and, and avoid this. Looks like connections of Angel's Breath um, are, are going to roll the dice with him here. Um, and that step up and chips, obvious. And obviously that looks, yeah. The, yeah, he comes from a point of point. Everyone looks, you know, that Ascot run early on the season and the Kempton run beyond South Australia. He wants further. They, 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 they decided to run him along with Al Dancer in, in their first race. That ultimately backfired. So this race is a real ifs and buts swap. But if if you was to, if he, if you said to me, well, what would you back now? And I, I guarantee it running, it would be Fakir Duduris. I think he's still maintain he's he's a. A very good four-year-old, and I think the four-year-olds this year are well above the normal average, and hopefully that'll start working out between now and next season. So you're you're nodding your head in agreement? Uh, not really. I'm nodding my head in agreement because I, I wouldn't have a bet. Um, <laughs> I, I just think you you have to wait. I think the fact just looking at the on the racing admin site now, there's only three jocked up, uh, of which one is brewing up a storm. If you ask me, if I had to have a bet in the race now probably be brewing up his storm because I think he's going to go for the race but if any any one of a number of five or six of these turned up you can you can give a good chance and there's just too many double and triple entries we haven't touched upon the fact that you know Cheltenham a 48 hour decks for every single race uh, obviously they, they brought in the new rule this year about you know you can't be once you yeah. confer for one race you can't be another a few professionals and you know were grumbling about that but the fact is, it worked at Cheltenham, didn't it? Um, and maybe that's something that Aintree will will need maybe need to uh, address as well. I, I don't know what the feeling is about about how it how it worked at Cheltenham about you can't confirm for one race, Nick. Did that go down well, or did some owners <coughs> and trainers not particularly like that fact? Uh, especially Willie Mullins is, and you know, I think it's very difficult. I speak to a lot of owners; they bring their horses over. And say it gets a stone bruise, you can the blacksmith yeah. can get it sorted, and yeah. you might declare there can be real response. I can see why the BHA are doing it to stop yeah. to help punters, yeah. but I can also see the owners. It costs a lot of money to bring the horse. Oh yeah, I, I was, I was yeah. purely viewing it as, a, as mm. I can see there's there's no downside for punters really, no. but obviously if you're a trainer yeah. or an owner, owner you want that flexibility, exactly, don't you? Yeah. And if like say Kalashnikov fell unseated on the first day and it could have you know. At the first, yeah, second, horses whip round at yeah. the start, like exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of, but you can see both sides of it, and whether they'll change it for next year, I'm not sure. It's frustrating for this podcast, though. That's what we can say. Okay. We'd like to know where everything was going. Yeah, we yeah, want five possible. day entries next year. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Can do, we can do this justice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think if you put the entry fee up, that would stop a lot. Because, <laughs> you yeah. know, if, you, if it was a real extortion, you'd only enter if you're pretty sure. But I suppose in this day and age, owners are quite rich, so it would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, anything to add on this on this one here? We flat touch it. I like Embragado, what race he yeah. goes in, don't know. Um, I quite like Paul's horse. Um, <coughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, oh, well, cup the running the Betfair hurdle, getaway trump. Getaway trump, yeah. 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 Um, I, li- I like him as a horse, but you could say one four three. Would he be better off in a handicap? Um, if he's going to be a great grade one horse, he should be winning off one four three. You'd like to think, but yeah, one for roses in here as well. That's one for roses, exactly, exactly. We're only on Tuesday, so it's very yeah. hard to guess what's going to go. Yeah. So um, knowing that Ollie Murphy's is going, you'd ha- you have to go with that at the moment. Yeah. So moving on now to the um, the novices chase here, um, run over just just shy of two miles. Us and them for Joseph O'Brien is the favourite. Clondor Castle next up. Layla, who of course was pulled up in the Arkle, um, or Nua, who fell in the Arkle. Destrier, Knocknow. So I mean, it looks like another 
pretty chuffy affair, affair here, Tony. Yeah, um, it's not helped by the fact of it's, it's a one-week uh, grade one of the highest rated horse in the 151. It got reopened on Monday, only nine, only nine runners. Um, to some of them towards the top of the market, you know, probably going to maybe run elsewhere. Well, maybe they were going to run elsewhere, so they saw the numbers in here. You know, the likes of us and them have got uh, a potential engagement on Thursday. Uh, same applies to Clondall Castle and Braylon Dar. And, you know, it's, again, so you know what's going to turn up. It's it's not a race I would have a massive opinion about. Not the loose. If it, if it gets a long contested lead, that could be interesting. But you've got Onura in here. That Obviously, that went forward before falling in the Arkle. Um, maybe or newer if you if you ask me for a selection now but in the absence of you know like the likely running plans etc um, I'll be happy to let others take the reins here Andy yeah I think I know is going to be very dangerous um, around here as, as Tony's already alluded to um, he was on my radar as a sneaky one for the article but because I've got other vested interests in, in Glenfor so I, I was prepared to let him run um, he was doing what he normally does at the time when he fell uncharacteristically as well he, he normally is a, a very sure-footed jumper but he arguably brings the best form um, to the table courtesy of his run in the uh, Henry VIII when he was second to um, at the time well afterwards anyway the, the Arca um, favourite Dynamite Dollars yeah. um, and that also proved that he got more than one string to his bow um, on the ground he, he normally looked a, a good ground horse but he proved that day that he could handle really testing conditions so he's quite flexible either way and he could take some catching around a track like this it really does play to the strengths of a strong front runner um, he might have a bit of competition for the lead if Clondor Castle Destrier in they'll not Manus because they also go off fairly quick but if they try and take on or no they're also going too quick themselves um, so it'll be an interesting tactical battle. I think it'll be a fairly small field. As I said, we've just nine at the moment. I think. Yeah, I think it, I think even the nine might be under threat um, with other with other engagement. So without knowing the betting and that, without seeing what what the bookmakers are, are, are doing and, and, and um, the shape of the race, the pace shape, race. yeah, that's in, that's going to be very vitally important there. It's it's easy it's easier to to formulate an opinion once you've seen the prices. Yeah. If I'm looking at all near at two to one. And I'm thinking that's not so great. But if, five to one if, if, you, yeah. if all of a sudden he's, he's a five to one shot, I'm saying yeah, this yeah. is a great bet. Knowing it's going to run as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick, anything to add? I personally think it's the weakest grade one, you know, mm. of, the, of the week. You know, the horse mm. all knew it was running at Newton Abbott in July. I remember getting beaten by Caitlin <laughs> in July, and you know he's going favourite off for grade one. Layla was bitterly disappointed in the last day at Cheltenham, seeing him school in the week. He looks a lot better, but does come to himself in the spring, always comes to himself at Aintree, good record at Aintree, so it would be hard to write off Layla, but a 7-2 late. It's like, possible off, to back that price Exactly, yeah. You'd have to worry, but it's a very weak division, the novice two-mile, yeah, in my opinion. You'd think some trainers might have been a bit more on the ball here and just, yeah. you know, and, and chucked yeah, some, yeah. looked at those decks and just thought, We're gonna, I'm going to chance my arm here, because like I said, the top rate 151. I mean, you, you get plenty of handic two mile handicappers that mm. will beat that rating. Yeah, I'm surprised Mingli Khan hasn't come here. Mm. I mean, he, he he looks as though he's got a little more on his plate in that two and a half yeah, miles yeah, than he has in this. There's a few in that race really. Could have been 60k to the winner as well. Yeah, <laughs> not, not too bad. Two hundred um, quid for ninth, by the looks of it. <laughs> pocket money for you, Nick, isn't it? <laughs> um, on to the stayers now. Um, we've got Apples Jade at two to one. Sam Spinner after that massive run at Cheltenham. 
uh, second favourite at four to one. Um, a bit of money for him as well. If the cap fits six to one, Super Sunday, who we've already spoken about, Andy, in the Thursday podcast, eight to one. Roxana, the mayor's, uh, the fortuitous, it's fair to say, mayor's hurdle winner um, at eight to one, 12 to one bar. Uh, Apples Jade here, you know, the sure to be a pretty popular favourite, but a few in the field that, that could surely upset the party. I think if you're a bookmaker, you want to be puffing your chest out here and saying, if you want to back Apples Jade at seven to four, two to one, happy days. Yeah. I think if ever if ever a horse is vulnerable here, then it has to be her. There's there's clearly a, a, a an issue with her at some stage of the season. She just all of a sudden just goes and that's with the mare straight away. And you can yeah. tell she jumped to her right at the second in yeah. front of the stands, and she's almost looking as though she's cocking a jaw. Whether it's just, whether now whether it was just Cheltenham, and, and that's mm. the second time in, in in two years now she hasn't performed it to her very women, best. Women aren't as consistent as men. Absolutely. Well, oh, oh. we'll have to cut that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You might, you might, might <laughs> so she could easily bounce back. You know, I mean, she, she's just done. To it. say Nick's views do not represent those of definitely. <laughs> Definitely not. But it, it was interesting that she, when she Sexist got pig. When, she, yeah, when she got beat at um, Cheltenham last year, she went to Aintree, uh, sorry, went to Punchestown and got beat again by Benny De Dieu. So the, the history tells you that when she's showing that she's not quite at her best, she tends to sort of stick to that theme. So I'd want to take her on here. I'd also want to take on Sam Spinner all day long at that price. I mean, if you, you could. You could get these two in the odd at seven and four and three to one. I mean, God Almighty, you've got more than one or two decent horses running for you. Yeah. Um, other than Paisley Park, it paid to be handy in the stairs. Obviously, Fahin and Sam Spinner were the first two pretty much throughout. Nothing else or nothing was good enough because of the weakness of this year's division to come from off the pace. So I think they were quite um, flattered by their, their, uh, their finishing position. So I think there's a chance for a few other spoilers to come in from left field. If the cap fits, he's definitely one of them. I think um, he, he's an interesting contender over further. He, he looks as though nowadays over the two and a half that he's just getting outpaced and running on. But he's a classy horse. And there's obviously you've got to give Roxana a, a mention as well. Um, she travels well and was second to Santini in the three-mile race last year. So she's got course and distance form. I think she's a player. And the other one who has definitely got to come into the equation is William Henry. He reminds me of... The horse of Nicky Henderson's that went won this back to back. Whisper, whisper, mm. like a two and a half mile straight, three mile twilight horse. Mm. Same owner. Yeah, that all of a sudden just clicked into gear and, and you know uh, came here and, and and did the did the double. I mean he, I mean he took off didn't he at Charlton? Yeah, yeah. He's obviously got that big running. He's got a big engine. It's just kind of harnessing that that um, ability in the right direction. Clearly on the day he was he was good and he beat a good fellow. I think this year's Coral Cup was a very good race. You know he beat Wicklow Brave and that Brio Conti was in there and even Scarpetto who was mid division mm. he's come out and bolted up since. So it, it, it always takes a proper Grade Two horse to win that Coral Cup. You know Super Sunday won it a few years ago. Um, it, it's a classy affair. So my two against the field would be William Henry and Roxana. William Henry 14 to 1 and Roxana 8 to 1. Uh, Tony, I know that William Henry landed you a bit of a touch at yeah. Cheltenham. Are you looking to go in again? Um, possibly. It's not jocked up at the moment and I thought he, I thought he might well be. Um, yeah, it's, um, I thought he was, considering he was his form in the race previously and he had a wind up, um, he was a, well, he was a very big price. Um, no doubt about uh, that now. Cheltenham, no, no doubt about that now. And obviously he was given... A great ride. It just sums up Cheltenham, really. I was having a, a poor runner up until then, and 
literally one nod can change your festival. Uh, that's mm. how that's the small margins you work out at Cheltenham. Yeah, um, coming forward, I mean, I, I, like, like Annie said, I wouldn't be wanting to play at the top of the market here. I think the obvious one, I think everyone, you know, the, every every man, woman and, uh, and his dog has been asking, you know, if the cat fits to step up in trip. And I think six to one each way is, is decent there. One I wouldn't be laying up 40 to one is Agripa. Now, I know it's got form at the course. And, it, you know, if that rain does really appear on Thursday and maybe a bit more into that, it really gets into watered ground. I think Agripa is, has got the has got the form to make him an each way player at 40 to 1. I, I think this I think this race, race is ripe for an upset. Uh, like I said, you couldn't really be touching Apple's Jade at uh, that kind of price. Um, yeah, for me, if the cat fits, 6 to 1's maybe a bit of a wishy-washy price each way at the moment, but um, he'd be he'd be the shorter price one I'd, I'd play at, but Agripart 40's, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't want to be laying that, but they may, they may see the ground drying out on, you know, Thursday, Friday, and not decide to go there. But uh, on, on what we what we know, Agripart's no forty to one shot in a race that could easily fall apart. That Agripart forty to one is with Paddy Power and Betfair, um, and uh, yeah, if the cap fits six to one, as I mentioned earlier, a bit of blue there as well, so a bit of money coming for it. Nick, yeah, I agree with Tony with the, if the cap fits. Obviously, the vision to flow form in the national sport wouldn't be good enough. But no. if you remember rightly, Harry Fry was not very happy at the time because of the flu vaccinations. Didn't feel the horse run up to its best. So I think you can put a line through that and probably in, enhance his form. Step up in trips going to be a massive help. First time Sean Bowen rides him, but you know I I, I know Noel Feely always thought a lot, all lot, awful lot of this horse and. I think he's been crying out for this trip. I think it's an open division. Obviously, if Apple Jades brings her best form, she's the one to beat. But I think centre force fair because it's a bit 50-50. Will she turn up? If she turns up to her best, she probably is going to win. But if she doesn't, then so I think centre force is probably fair on her. But um, like you say, if the cat fits, could be the one sort of lurking there that could just come out of the blue, come out and shows. A measure of how open people think this is. Lord Napier's in a handicap <coughs> earlier on in the week. And that's James Bowen's jocked up for Lord Napier in this, uh, you know, and that's a, and that's a 144 rated horse. Mm. Uh, I think people are mind have looked at this race and might and just think that, mm. you know, say, well, we fancy our chances here, even, yeah. though, even though you know the full horses may not may not run up to their level. But yeah, um, I think this is really up for grabs far more than the betting suggests. Yeah, so not great listening for those Apple Jade, Apple's Jade fans, but surely a bit of value to be had there. Uh, a couple of handicaps just to finish us off. We've got the handicap chase first and then the small matter of the Grand National. Uh, Miss Malarkey, 7-1, to one. Kildasar, 8-1, to Debeche, 9-1, to one. Springtown Lake, 10-1, to one. Touch Kick, 12-1, to 14-1 bar. We've got about 10 or 15 minutes to get through this and the National. Oh, I've got a, 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 trying to catch almost the two handicaps and just talk about the National. All right, OK. okay. Uh, well, there's no betting in the last race is no, no additional so we, we might as well skip over that yeah what i will say in um in the rate in the 420 the uh the three mile one handicap chase three against the field i think killed us if it comes here i think it's still got a racing him off a mark of 148 uh, maybe connections might think they'll go down the graded route but i think 148 is very fair and i think the step up and trip could well suit two that interest me at a bigger price henryville Showed a little bit more last time. It's got you know, form. It's actually thrown in on the on the form it's shown for Harry Fry. 
Um, so I think Henry were twenty to one plus. I think that's that's interesting off that mark. You know, obviously showing a lot more at Fakenham last time. And the other one that caught my eye, even though the stable is a little bit out of form, Federici is half interesting. Ran no kind of race when I backed him in the sky about last time, but he's had a break since. And um, if the ground isn't too bad, maybe Federici. But uh, I, I think if they run Kildasart here, even though it'll be towards the top of the market, I think he could outclass these. So uh, Kildasart eight to one, as I mentioned, that's with Hills and uh, a few other firms as short as five to one. Uh, with Labrooks as well, uh, and then 25 to 1, um, Federici, and also uh, the other one you mentioned as well, Henryville. Um, Nick, uh, have you got a ride here or anything? Any horses you, you know you know well or you want to flag up? No, there's nothing that stands out for me. Again, a lot of them are entered elsewhere, I think, because yeah. we're only on Tuesday, it's going to be very difficult. Big open handicap, there's a few nice horses in there dropping, you know, Mr. Malarkey, etc. Um, the beast has done well for Tim Vaughan, but and like the conditional amateur race, um, six fifteen at night. You know you're going to have to. I think I think you've got all day to worry about that race. And I'm going to stick. We're going to get into the Grand National now. Um, the last thing we'll, we'll talk about um, on this podcast and this video. Um, you're, you've obviously ridden in the Grand National before. Before I come to the betting experts about who they're going to tip up, and before I run through the betting, just just give us an idea of, of you know the challenge that you face riding in this race the different challenges it provides and, and how you think and what kind of what horses you think and what jockeys are best set to, to put in a good performance yeah I, I started probably show my age now um, 12 years ago my first ride I've had seven goes at the race um, best was on T3 finishing third he was probably the best rider I had going into the race but certainly from when I first rode I rode Cornish set probably um, 10 years ago at the age of 17 and I got round but he was sort of he was competitive in a, like a badger beer type race. If he ran now, he would nowhere near be good enough. But yet he finished, I think, eighth or tenth that year. So um, the race is just every year is stepping up. There's Gold Cup horses. Look, Bristol May was nearly impossible. They, you know, top any of the top ten are good enough to win a run in a Gold Cup. You need a proper, proper animal to win this race. And you know, last year's race I thought was a fantastic race, and it's you know it's brilliant for Aintree that those two horses come back. Um, all the talks now for the favourite, you know, Tiger Roll. You know, what a legend he is. It's just, I think, any racing fan, he's captured the imagination. He's to win a Grand National. He, he won at Market Racing first for Nor Nigel Hawke, got sold to the Gordon Elliott, won a Triumph Hurdle, and he's just progress. He's won a National Hunt Chase. Like, that, what that horse has achieved is just phenomenal. And what a legend of the horse he is. And, you know, I, th I don't think he gets enough credit for what the sort of horse he is, you know, he is just, and it would be exceptional if he could win, but he's not the biggest, I know he won the cross country race, but he, he, exactly, well. <laughs> it would be something else if that oh. horse won, but the way he plays in company, the distance between them, you know, Willie Mullins has said he record going, he'll carry the weight a lot better than probably what Tiger Roll, and I think that's a massive thing, you know, if he has a good clear round, I think present company has to, you know, at the prices on the distance last year, you know, you have to, put a bit of um, you know I'm not a better man but he's 20 to 1 and Tiger Roll's near enough five four to one. One, 4 to 1 favourite mm -hmm. and there was only sort of um, inches between them last year and you know present company has obviously been this has been his race all year and for me just going on that line of form the, the conditions have been quite similar this year than you know, pleasant company at 20 to 1, I think, is a fair bet. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll run through the betting quickly. I mean, Tiger Roll, um, 4 to 1, best price currently, 7 to 2 in most places. And, and I think most people may be put off by that price. But worth noting that last year, Tiger Roll did go off 10 to 1 um, for this race. And obviously, a couple of boxes ticked since then. 
Uh, Raffinden, 11 to 1. Vintage Clouds, 14 to 1. Annabelle Fly, 14 to 1. And I'll just say 18 to 1 bar because I'm not going to run through the whole lot. But Pleasant mm. Company, as you said, is 20 to 1. And the gamble today has been Joe Farrell, who's in from 33s and bigger into a short 16 to 1 and 22 to 1 best price. Um, guys, I mean, there's, there's a lot written about trends and, and the like and, and all of this stuff and how to pick the Grand National. I, mean, I just want you guys just to flag up a couple of runners that you, that you think present a bit of value. Uh, first off, I think Tiger Roll, I haven't got any issue with his pricing. I think he's, he's 92 on Betfair. I think it's given his profile, his eight, the handicap will give him £8 more on the back of that ridiculously impressive uh, cross-country win. So I don't have any issue with, with his price as such. I think you'll get a bigger price and enhanced place terms on, on Friday. So maybe hold fire there. Um, the one I like, um, I backed it yesterday at 28s and 25s, is Perra Brownell. He's, he's in fact uh, the best handicapped horse in the race officially. The UK handicapper will give him uh, an extra £10 for his easy Leicester, Leicester National win last time. His second win in that race. Um, he's, he hasn't got any form over more than three miles. Um, he was fell. He took a bad fall when he fell in when he was favourite for the Irish National last year. But uh, I was originally lukewarm on him because of the, the the doubt about the trip. But then I went and had a look at the sire Luso, um, and the, he's a sire of so many good stayers: um, Chicago Grey, Hear the Echo. Um, Willie Mullins has had a fair few stayers off him, three mile six winners and the likes. So I think I think they expect a, a, a big run about that stepping up in trip. I thought, given his form claims, uh, the rain will be welcome for that. It's got good ground form as, as well as heavy ground form. I think if he gets round, I think I think he'll run a very big race. Um, I backed I backed single farm payment at a really bad price. I actually went in again yesterday at about ninety five on Betfair. Uh, didn't run too well at Cheltenham, but he's a kind of quirky horse that could take to it. But um, I, my biggest bet by a long way is on Pair of Brown Eyes, and um, I just think he's, I think he's got a really good chance, and I think the extra trip could really see him uh, come to life. It's a pair of Brown Eyes, 25 to 1 as it stands at the moment. Um, that is with William Hill, uh, Betfair Paddy Power. In the place terms at the moment, you're only really earning six places. Um, I think that is the best across odds checker at the moment. Yeah. That is definitely going to change as the week goes on. So maybe worth just making a short list now and then checking back to see the place terms in a couple of days' time. Um, you can't see... Really just before Andy finishes up, that Joe Farrell, it does need a couple to come out. So, yeah. But you'll get your money back if he gets back exactly. to Dell. Yeah. Ram, uh, Ramses Tate is the other one. That would be my fancy. Bit of money for. Yeah. Fancy. I didn't mention it before, but don't if I, had to, I, thought I like his profile going into the race. I thought running a massive race in the Bosch National and at Haydock. Very good jumper. Seven-year-old, No, that's seven one of the trends, isn't it? Seven-year-olds never win a national. So who's it? It's changing this. Flag, flag him up. Who's going to win, Andy? I certainly think Joe Fowles a big player if he gets in. Um, I thought he ran a like catching race of the day at Newbury, didn't he? Um, under top weight. don't think he was necessarily that was his, he was that, looked that busy that day in, in many respects. They obviously thought, well, we'll give him another run. We'll, we'll, we'll take on one of the nationals, whether it's the Scottish again for a repeat bid or maybe the national. Um, if he does get in. Any horse that wins a, a four-mile national of, of sorts has got to be a, a factor off a low weight. And we saw Aurora's Encore, of course, win the, uh, yeah. do the double a few years ago. Uh, and that brings me on to uh, Vintage Clouds, who was third and a gallant third in the uh, Scottish National last year. Um, he ran really well at Cheltenham. Still not convinced Cheltenham's his track. I don't, I don't think he really wants that sort of tight um, old course. Um, 
but on decent ground, I think this is the key to this fella now, nowadays. On decent, no worse than good to soft. He, he's a fair operator. Um, he jumps what I would consider conservatively. In other words, he doesn't throw himself at the fence. He's not exuberant, but um, he, he gets over fairly efficiently. Um, I think he's the kind of horse that will take take to it. Um, and if he does, and I think stamina, you know, will certainly be an abundance for him. I'd be surprised if he got round and he wasn't at least there, you know, crossing the Melling Road. Um, Rathvinden strikes me as being a horse that Willie Mullins has targeted for this race for quite some while. The fact that he's just running the ones very similar to Hedge Hunter, he doesn't need to give him too many runs. He's keeping him fresh, keeping the lid on him. And the only time he's ever had a stamina test, which was the four miler at, at Cheltenham. He, he he came through fine colours and he yeah. beat he beat Native River that day. Um, I think he's I think he's a talent. Um, and and walking the mill, nobody's really talked about him, but he, at least he's got some form around the track this year. He won the Beecher. He's been given the old Irish campaign since. We, we, get in, get your handicap chase mark off to mark 144, then down blow it by winning another one and run him in two novice hurdles. Um, so he's just kept the pop ticking along. What ran 32 days ago, so he's still keeping him his mind interested in the game. Um, but it, he's always struck me as a horse that might, might win a big race at a, at a, at a decent price. Um, and of course, obviously Tiger Roll, you've got to... I think every, every man worth his salt and any, any tipster when they're doing the one, two, three, four in their sort of column will put Tiger Roll in, the, in that bracket at, yeah. at some point. You just have to. Um, even though he was all out last year and he only just hung on, didn't he? Just, he, I know. he was eight lengths clear at the, at the, yeah. at the, at the chair mm. and then he's like scrambling for air. <laughs> it won't be as heavy that it was heavy last year. Yeah, it won't, it, be, yeah, it won't be as bad now. And, and he's, arguably he's thriving too. Who would have thought a national winner could actually improve? I know. Um, uh, markedly as well, you know, winning a yeah. two and a half mile hurdle and winning the way he did it, John. So it's a fascinating race. Obviously, we've got a great story if Tiger Roll wins it again. But from a betting um, perspective, I'll be looking for much, something at much more meteor odds. Um, my number one would be Vintage Clouds. Walk in the Mill would be number two. And if Joe Farrell got in, he'd be another another one to consider. Walk in the Mill, 33 to 1. And instead of asking for your best night of the day, Tony, I'm just going to ask you for your 1, 2, 3 as well. Three horses in the national. Um, pair of brown eyes. Tiger roll, and I will stick to my guns. Single farm payment to finish third. Nick. Well, Andy Tate gave me a very good tip and pair of, <laughs> pair, pair of brown yeah. eyes, so I've got to take that. But Ramsey to to win. Um, pair of brown eyes for second, and pleasant company for third. Any, any, any tips worth there? Sort of have tie, tie your roll in there and then Nick, Nick ignores it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for joining me today. I hope you guys have enjoyed either listening to this or watching this. I've been joined by Tony, Andy and Nick. We've done this for Thursday and Friday as well, so make sure you listen to them and, uh, and most importantly, enjoy the Grand National.